I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. All right, James, it is uh, All-Star Week, and it's in Toronto. Did you hear? Huh? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm actually excited. We have a, a, I know a bunch of people from The Athletic are coming to town, so we're going to we're gonna get everyone together. It's going to be nice. That's the, actually the thing I'm looking forward to more than any of the All-Star stuff. Yeah, that's a good way to frame it. But for fans, they don't really care about The Athletic getting together. Thursday night, you got to come out. You're invited. Not everyone listening, just Jonas. <laughs> I'm inviting Jonas while we're on the show. Oh, okay. Very fun. Uh, all right. I got something I want to talk about that I'm sure is at the top of your list. It's not on the schedule. <laughs> did, did you see Joseph Wool playing the piano? I did not. Where was that? Uh, it was at some, there was a Maple Leafs gala the other night, a couple nights ago. Oh, yeah. He was playing the Interstellar theme on the piano, and it's it's very impressive. He, he nails it. Is Interstellar the one with Matthew McConaughey or the yeah. one with George Clooney? Yeah, Matthew McConaughey, yeah. yeah. I think and it's like a Hans Zimmer. So boring. Is that, oh, is that man. a really boring one, really long? It's Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan, right? That's one of my favorite movies, Jonas, so I'm not going to let you besmirch it. Okay. Well, I will it's, say... It's like top 10 for me. I love that movie. Wow. I'd like to see yep. your top 10 list. Uh, I will say uh, Joshua Cloak wrote a great feature on Joseph Wall, which... I think got into his piano playing skills. If I'm remembering it correctly, it was just yep. before yep. Uh, Joseph Wall got hurt. And his leg, his Lego building too. <laughs> yeah. I got to say though, the piano is, I know I, I, sometimes hockey players say they play piano, but no, he like really plays piano. Yeah. I recall finding out that Matt Murray also played piano. So Fraser yeah. Minton too. That does not surprise me that much either. Well, I know Matt Matt Murray's brother is a musician, like a professional musician. He is, yeah. So anyway. it runs in that family. Uh, well, so it is All Star Break, so and it's the Leaf Bye Week as well. Um, I like the Bye Week. You know, you get it either before or after the All Star Break. Obviously, before for the Leafs in this case. Yeah, where are you going? Are you going down to Cancun or something? Uh, I am not. I will be here in Toronto. Hey, it's sunny. It's nice to have some sunshine. Uh, but we do have a lot to get into. Obviously, it's a kind of a good time to take stock of some things. But uh, since we last talked, the Leafs—did we talk before or after the first time they played the Jets? I can't remember. We talked. We talked last Monday, so it's it's been so a week. Four, and they played the Jets twice and beat. The they Jets had beaten. Twice. They had beaten Seattle, but yep. the the Western trip was kind of meh. 
not not very convincing. They beat they beat the two weaker teams and did not look very good against uh, Vancouver and Edmonton. And we didn't know what to expect going in against Winnipeg, and uh, it was a it was a sweep. They swept the Jets. All right. Well, before we get it, actually, we can start there, and then I have a little game for you to play. We have lots of questions to get to. We'll talk about uh, Ryan Reeves. We'll talk about uh, Cal Yarncroc being injured. But your top line takeaways just from those two Jets games, because obviously the Jets are a really good team. They didn't have Mark Sharfley in both games. They didn't have Gabe Velarde in one of those games. Not fully whole. Obviously, they lose like Josh Hellebuck in one of those games. Yeah, they, they got Brossois in one of those games. So what do you think of those two games? Did you change anything you thought of anything? Well, I, I think we need to see if it leads to something, but mm-hmm. you know, is there something that they can build on? I mean, it's I've been I've been waiting all year for them to put a little string together where it's like, okay, now they look more like the team that we've seen in the past, and it hasn't happened yet. And we're how many games are in are we? 45, 46? We are we are deep deep into the season. We're past the halfway point. Trade deadline is coming fast. We're at the all-star break. And the number of really good games this team has played this season is is low. My my quasi-hot take slash question for you was the win on Saturday. Is that their best game of the season? And if not, where does it rank? You know what? It's funny you, you mentioned that because while that game is happening, I'm thinking to myself, this is about as well as they can play. Like, they're they're it was you good. Know what I mean, like, yeah, they they put together a really good performance, and and the the top line wasn't even no, nope, they am- were amazing. It was nope. it was the other lines that I I thought that, that was one of that might have been Tavares's best game of the year. Yeah, it was up there. Um, you know their their fourth line, like that's the best I think Ryan Reeves has looked all year. Yeah. Uh, for whatever that's worth, their well, they just got to give good. him two months off before every game, and he's going to be on yeah. fire. Yeah, I mean that's his hometown too. You know, like lots to prove. Obviously, he hadn't played in a month and change. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they played forty-seven games. Right now, they're technically in the first wild card spot, but they've played three fewer games than Tampa, who's in third. It's kind of looking like they're going to be third, or they're going to be a wild card. Like Florida's kind of mm-hmm. getting away from them a little bit. Obviously, the division lead is getting away from them. Um, they're on pace for one hundred and one points. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to make of those two games just because like we haven't, we've seen that before. Like we've seen, remember early in the year, they, they played Vancouver really well. Like they've had these games against good teams before. Not I just very don't many that, though, Jonas. No, you're right. Because James, how many like, playoff teams have they beaten this year? Like you look at their wins and it's, it's wow. re it's really thin pickings. How many teams in a playoff position this year have they beat? Okay. Well, I can go through it really there's, quickly. There's Montreal, like, no. Minnesota, like seven. no. Tampa, no. Yes, Washington. Yes, they beat L.A. They beat the Rangers. Dallas beat Vancouver. There's not. There's not very many. Okay. Well, I'm just looking through it. Tampa again. Vancouver. Yeah, you got that. No, Florida. Uh, Nashville, New York. Pittsburgh. Nashville in the playoffs right now. I mean, that one's borderline. You're right. Uh, Okay. Pittsburgh. No. L.A. is fallen. You're right. They're in really, in the West. You're, no, like, dude, you're right. You look at the last really two months. Under, there's under it, 10. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that's their schedule in the first half was crappy. Um, yeah. But they're just like, they, there hasn't been a lot of like convincing games against good teams. I just, I mean, I hate to reiterate this, but like, I just don't know that they're built to sustain like that kind of play. Like, I don't think they're built to win. 
10 games in a row where they're playing really good defensively. Like I just, but, but last year they did it with structure when they had way, like they haven't had a lot of injuries this year. Like, uh, you know, Klingberg, you look at their man games lost, they're at like 140 or something like Klingberg's a huge percentage of those. All of their stars have been healthy. I mean, like, Matthews played through the, that injury all last year. Matthews had 40 goals last year and was hurt. You're right. Yeah, you're it's, absolutely I, right. They shouldn't have taken this big of a step back. I and mean, we talked about this on the last show. Well, but, I'm just like, looking through some of their lineups last year. Like at this point last season, their top line was not the juggernaut it was in the past, but it was better than this. Although it's it's come on, obviously, since Matthews has come on. Uh, their third and fourth lines weren't amazing, but they were kind of more useful. They had better defensive players. Like I'm just looking through some of their personnel. Like, look at I'm just looking at random December 20th game against uh, Tampa. Like in their bottom six, they had Kerfoot, Camp, Engvall, Aston Reese, Holmberg, Anderson. Like all those guys are not amazing players, but they're none of them are like complete black holes defensively. Like they could at least use that Camp line before, where yeah. like they kind of can't use it in like that Domi line. Like I they, don't. Yeah, and we've talked about that so much. I don't think that's the reason why they've taken such a step back this year. I think it's I think it's part of the equation, but yeah, but like look on their defense. They have their defense obviously had a lot of injuries last year, and they managed to withstand that. But they had better. Well, what was the blue line on that December twentieth game? Uh, it was well, they they had some injuries. So their first pair was Giordano Hall. Giordano was not was much 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 better. Right now he's borderline like unplayable. Like he's kind of going the way we saw like Simmons and Spezza and Thornton and some of those guys go. Uh, their second pair was Sandine Lilgren, and then their third pair for this particular game was Brody and Timmons. They so got like, a lot of, they, yeah. they had like, they had some guys that like overperformed what you expected last year. And it just hasn't happened like this year. Like how many players have been better than we expected this year? For the whole year. That's a great question. James. There's hard, there's you're, hardly you're anybody. The heat today. I really like it. Well, it's, I think overperformed Neander. But it's like kind of coming back to like this is about getting closer to what you expect. Matthews, same thing. Marner, no. Tavares, no. Bertuzzi, no. Domi, I guess, uh, hasn't overperformed. Uh, Yarncroc hasn't overperformed. Camp uh, hasn't overperformed. Gregor hasn't overperformed. Reeves is what I thought he would be. Riley has overperformed. Brody has not. Lilligren has not. McCabe, not overperformed, but pretty good. Giordano, no. Timmons, no. Benoit, yes. So you're like, it's you're right. It's like it's it's like a handful of guys, like Martin Jones and Martin Benoit, Jones, right. and maybe Joseph Wall. You're right. Probably probably Joseph Wall. Just, so like p- part of the story is what you're talking about is like the bottom six is a little bit worse, but it's just a little bit, right? It's like well, and the defense is worse. Like th- a big part of their problem this year is their penalty kill has gotten has gone from like pretty good to like bad, and not totally surprising based on some of the people they have killing penalties and their power play has gone from being like awesome to being like pretty good, but not amazing. Their first line has been pretty good, but not amazing, especially for the first two months of the year. And their second line has been like for the last six weeks, like not very good. And their, their third line sometimes scores, but a lot of times like you can't play it. Their fourth line isn't that great. You know what I mean? Like you, it, you, it makes sense. Like, look at their team. So, to play devil's advocate a little bit, sure. though, like, I, I think what one thing that people should take away from that two game series against Winnipeg is I don't think Winnipeg's that amazing either. 
I don't think that yeah. I don't think that lineup is like miles better than the Leafs. Well, and especially when like they don't have the same obviously caliber of game breakers. Obviously, like they have Connor and like Shifley and Shifley didn't play. Ehlers, like they, they just don't have a, the same defensively. They're just way better. The defense is better. Um, they have more useful parts, I think, in their lineup, like Adam Lowry and. But yeah, I, I hear your point. And they have an amazing goalie. Like that's a big deal. Yeah, Hellebuck is a big piece for sure. Hellebuck's yeah, a big, but it, it's a fair point. I mean, everybody talks about Vancouver and Winnipeg as these world-beating teams. They didn't make the playoffs last year, and I look at their lineups, and they're. I'm not saying they're not good. They're good, but I think what I what I would say is the very best teams in the league this year are not miles better than the like 12th, 13th best team in the league this year. The parity is the highest it, I think it has ever been in the NHL this year. It's such a good point. And like when I watch other teams and I'm and you and I are both obviously so focused on the Leafs and like their roster and like what they need and what they don't have. And then you watch other teams and it's like, well, Vancouver's second line center is like Pia Suter. And then like I watch Boston and it's like, well, Charlie Coyle is their number one center. And like, and then I watch like Colorado and it's like, well, look at their oh, second and third lines. And like it's every, like, every team has tons of holes, tons right? of holes. And the, yeah. you get an injury or two. Like right now, Winnipeg's without Chifley. I believe Morrissey's hurt and uh, Velarde's been hurt. Yeah. And you look at their lineup, and it's like they're that like they're they got holes. They got yeah. holes there, and like so. I, I all of that I think is a mark in the Leafs' favor. It's it's a reason why anyone saying that the Leafs should sell is doesn't know what they're talking about. Like they they can't sell. Like no. as if anything, and I know where that's. I know where that's coming from. It's like it's coming from frustration and fans being fed up with this team and the mediocrity and the step back that they've taken this year. And I totally understand all of that. But this 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 year's wide open here. Well, and if anything, I was thinking about this last week. If anything, it should impel and like it should drive yeah. you more to buy, like improve your team because like they're not. A great team like we've covered that but well, maybe if like, you make the right tweak or two like you can become a pretty good team and maybe a team that like with the star power that you have at the top of the roster like can maybe go on a run do you know who the third best team in the east right now is in number of points they have or, or points percentage sorry the uh, third best yeah. team number one's boston number two is florida right is now it new florida. york it's the rangers the rangers have 63 points. They have five more points than the Leafs and they've played two more games. They have all their record is very similar. Yes. Now, can I add a fact to that? And Shesterkin hasn't been amazing this year. They have 25 regulation wins. The Leafs have 16. Yeah. Well, but I don't. But then you look at, I don't know, like look at goal differential. I mean, the goal differential is like, like the Leafs have scored more goals yeah. than the Rangers and they've given up a little, like their goal differential is very similar to the Rangers. So yeah. if the Rangers are the third best team in the East and the Leafs are not that far back, even when they've played, like, let's put it like be blunt. They've played like crap this year. Like, I don't think the Leafs could have been worse than they've been this year. And they still have the 11th best record in their league. They're still only a few points back of the third best team in the East. As frustrating as they've been to watch, I think, like you said, even if what you're doing is you're bringing in one capable top four D and one third line forward who, you know, can kill penalties and play defensively, even if that's all they bring in, that could be like 
it could be the difference between, you know, I don't know. Like they're obviously yeah. they're they're way more underwhelming in the regular season this year than they've been the last three years. There's no getting around that, and no. they don't look as good. But they've got enough high end talent that if they get goaltending and they figure out the defensive play a little bit, I just I still don't think you you can't give up on this season and this team. Well, I'm writing a little bit about something like this for next week, and one of the points that I made is like with the right piece or two to your point what it ends up doing is it it has this trickle down effect on the rest of the lineup where people get slotted into the places that they probably should be and then you look at the lineup and you're like no that that doesn't look bad like it's not amazing but like well Brody's all of a sudden on your third pair I'm sure he's going to look a lot better right and and I yeah I mean it's just like so so they would play um I mean it's hard with uh, standings and playoff matchups and stuff just because they the amount of games but I guess so do you count them as being in a wild card spot right now or do you count them well as being I, I like to use I like to use points percentage which would okay. mean which so would they, mean they have the third. they would play Florida right play so Florida. yeah which is could they, which, could they beat Florida sure I wouldn't pick them to beat Florida right now I mean no but could they beat Florida like what would yes. you let, let's say you were predicting it right today you'd probably say like Florida and six Florida and seven yeah, I would probably say Florida and six. I just think stylistically, Florida, they do not match up well against Florida. Big, physical, fast, great forecheck. I, I like the Panthers. I've been I have bark off in the pool this year again, and they're just they're a fun team to watch. Yeah. But and but the point is like they're not like it's a six game series. You're basically saying it can go either way. Well, I think the whole league can go either way this year. That right. that's part of my point. Like I think that. I think the top 13 or 14 teams in the league, probably any one of them could probably win the cup this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the standings. Vancouver. I mean, a lot of people were picking New Jersey as a cup favorite this year. They're down in 19th place right now. Like there's, there's just a lot of parody. Yeah. And like the Kings were like storming the league for a couple months. Yeah. Everyone was talking. They were first place in the league. I remember we, I think we had a story at the athletic. They're in first place. And what was, that was like mid to late November, you know, like all the Kings have figured it out. And like, now you, you look at the way that people are talking in LA, it's they're calling for the GM's head and the coach. And I mean, their record, what's what they got. They have like two wins in their last 13 games or something now. Like they're a mess. Yeah. No, I think it's a it's a it's a fair point. Um, having said that, like they 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 do have Matthew scoring like a goal a game, and they're basically well, a okay team, good team, yeah. good team. Um, before we get to some questions, I I did want to play a little game of buy or sell or hold. So I have three for you. I couldn't think of more. I think three is appropriate. Buy, sell, or hold. Ilya Samsonov is back. I'm gonna hold. I want. I need to see. I think the line is you need. You need to see him for ten games. And yeah. we've seen. What, what have we seen? One, two, four. He, he played Seattle. We've seen four. Yeah, I need to see six more games. I will say though, and again, I'm sorry. I'm talking about my fantasy team again, which is not always exciting. Yeah, you have him. I dropped him at one. I dropped him like when he went. I, I like got rid of him, but I picked him up today. So he he's back on the team. So no one else took him. No one else believed in him after the. His strong play, but I believe. So we'll see. Their schedule, they've got part of it is they've got some easier games coming up. Yep. Their schedule's not they get I think it goes Islanders, Dallas, Ottawa, and then they have then they have 
then they have St. Louis, Philly, Anaheim, I think. You're correct. Then St. Louis, Arizona, Vegas, Colorado, Vegas, Arizona, New York, Boston. But there's some, there's some, you know, like the next like seven, eight games, there's a chance for them to play some weaker teams and potentially, I mean, we'll see. It's we'll going to be see. the whole thing, right? They, they have the break and it'll be like, oh, their momentum got broken by the all-star break and everyone was partying with Bieber for too much. And You know what's anyway. interesting though to me about the way he's played? And it's like a silly thing, but like he just hasn't given up like those goals that he was giving up where it's like, that's not even a chance. Like that's just like a shot on goal that you have to stop a hundred times out of a hundred. There's been none of that since he got, he back. looks like last year, Jonas, he looks exactly like last year. Doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. He has, I think yeah. he, he looks just like he did last year. That's what I was thinking. Watching the Winnipeg games is it's just, he's not, he's not the best goalie in the league, but can he be above average? Yeah. He's very athletic. He's big. He's just got a, I don't know. It's all for him. It feels like it's like 95% mental right now. Yeah, it really does. And, and I mean, we just need to, to see like, to your point, like if he can sustain this and I think, can he sustain it when something bad happens and like, he doesn't have a good night. Like, how does he respond? Like two nights later, obviously, you know, his confidence has been an issue mentally. It's been a challenge for him when things don't go right. He, he's very, very hard on himself, but I just think James, like of how, tenuous this really was for him like they really 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 were thinking about starting dennis Hellby. like that the more i've thought about that the more i i think like what a a decision that they end up making which goes in their favor i even wonder like if they had beaten colorado i wonder if that would have been the thing that they they're like you know what we got that win let's let's play hill to be but they lost that game you know what i mean like i i just wonder how different it would have been if they had started Hill to be. What would where would Sam's not be right now? Would he be in the NHL? Where like I don't know. Like the, the stakes of that that decision and like it's looking like they made the right decision and how they handled him in terms of like just going away from the team, like not even practicing with the Marlies, playing for the Marlies. It was a bit unorthodox a for sure. It's, yeah, it was. You don't you, you don't see that very often where it's you clear waivers so that you can sit at home while the team goes on a road trip and you can get yourself sorted out with not even the goalie coach. Like Toivonen is like, isn't he like the Marley's goalie He's coach? The Marley's go- goalie coach, yeah. You can spend time with the AHL goalie coach. Yes. Former Did you see the, yeah. Were you there for the quotes where Samsonov was talking about his dad came to visit mm, when things weren't going well no. for him and his, his father gave him a, a talk? No. Mark Masters wrote a good story about it and I mean, so his dad, you know, is like uh, some sort of job in construction in Russia. And he he basically, I don't have the quotes in front of me, so I'm just paraphrasing. So don't quote me on this. But it, the dad basically said, like, you know, you're, 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 you're a big guy now. You're in a big position. Like, you, you know, you're, uh, you can do basically like, it's time to step up, you know, give him, give him like the, the old dad talking to. And Samson, I've said that it, it helped. So, wow. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we'll see. Like we, I I was thinking about this, and I don't know how you feel, but I think you just keep three goalies if you can the rest of the oh, way. Oh yeah, right. Well, I don't know about all season. It's going to depend if they need the extra cap space or not. Right. Fair point. And also, I think what you do is until you're making trades and you need to you need that cap space. Absolutely, you carry three. 
Wool's going to be back in what, two weeks? Something like that. Yeah. So you're going to have one, two, you're going to have three weeks with Wool in the fold. I think what you do is, assuming Samsonov continues to play fine, I'm assuming Samsonov gets the next game back after the break against the Islanders. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, assuming Samsonov plays okay, you start mixing, you, you keep playing him a lot. You know, Jones is only getting in every third or fourth game. When Wall gets back, you start, you, you want to try and see if you can get Wall up to speed. You get, you just, and you, you sit Jones, he doesn't play, he's just practicing. And right up to the deadline, you go Samsonov, Wall, and see if you can get them both going at the same time. And if you do, and you need that cap space, then maybe you can think about waving Martin Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Raid at, right, right at the deadline is what you do. And try to like sneak him through, right? If if you need that cap space. If you don't need that cap space, just carry three goalies the rest of the way. And if you can sneak him through, you can always bring him up for the playoffs too. There have been teams that have used their third goalie in the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you just don't know with either with either the the other two guys. Like Wall obviously is still unproven and gets hurt. Uh, historically, we'll see if he can stay healthy. We'll see if he can come back and play to the level that he played. I think there's five teams in the NHL that have carried three goalies for most of the year this year. I think this is going to become... I think you're going to see teams carry three goalies for the full season more regularly. Yeah, it's a really interesting point you're making. Like, If you're having the choice between, like, let's use real-world examples, if you can have Martin Jones as your third or William Lagesson carried around as your eighth, what? Like, it's not even a question, I would do the right? goalie. It's the goalie. Look, Look what's happened with Alex Lyon in Detroit. Like right. they look like they were they were yeah. dead and gone, and they're on this huge streak right now. I don't I don't have it in front of me what the numbers are. They've been playing great. Lyon's numbers are incredible, and they're in a playoff position right now. They have the thirteenth best record in the league. They're right behind Tampa. All of a sudden, the Atlantic is much more competitive, and it's because of Detroit. And Detroit carried three goalies all year. They were trying. They're paying Huso all the money, so they were trying to get him going early. James Reimer was supposed to be the number two, and Alex Lyon didn't even play. Like he barely played. I think he had like two starts in the first whatever it was, two months of the season. And now he's he's saving their season. He's got a nine twenty four save percentage. Huso's at an eight ninety three, and Reimer's an eight ninety four. Like the didn't difference between those two is, and Lyon's record is thirteen uh, six and one. And didn't he do the same thing last year in Florida? Yes. Where they have yes. Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight, and then he's the one who ends up playing to start the playoffs. So I think because it's not traditional, people I, I've made this argument on other shows and to other people, and and some people just like kind of poo-poo the idea of having three goalies. But if the Red Wings didn't have Alex Lyon right now, if they would have tried to put him through waivers and someone claimed him or something, then where would they be right now? They got they their other two guys can't play. I mean, dude, where would the Leafs be if like someone had claimed Martin Jones? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that, especially as the cap goes up, I think you're going to see more and more teams, especially with the way the waivers rules work. Like the fact, how many NHL games has Joseph Wool played? Like he requires waivers? It's stupid. Yeah, that's really dumb. He hasn't even played like 40 NHL games. He's played 26 NHL games. Yeah. And before the start of this season, he had played 11. Yeah. Played eleven NHL games and he he needed waivers. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Dumb. They There's need to of, for yeah. for goalies. They should change the rule. It's based on age, right? Like once you hit twenty five, you need waivers no matter what. And that's right. like and a part of it is CBA. To the goalie. 
Right. Yeah, but it it just you you don't know if the goalies can play by twenty five. So like teams are having to anyway. Like it's it, it, it uh, Caroline. I mean, I think Caroline's a bit different because Kotrikov, um Kotrikov, I don't think needs waivers yet because I think he's a little bit younger. So there's an example where they can send him up and down. But look at what's happened in Carolina. Like they've had huge goaltending problems. They've had so many injuries. Look what happened to Freddie Anderson. Ranta's Ranta's been worse than Samsonov this year. Well, saying all that, like, are you surprised? I know at the time, like he was in a real tailspin, big-ish cap hit if for a guy who's not playing well, but didn't it make sense for someone just to claim Samsonov and just be like not at 3.5? Still, if, like, if, okay, guess. if he was making one and a half, someone might claim him. But it's like you're getting a potential number one goalie for free. I know it's, I get, I know the cap hit. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like if you well, can read. There were three veteran goalies with, with cap hits that all went on waivers in the span of like six, seven weeks. And it was Jack Campbell, then Anti Ranta, then Samsonov. They all yeah, but cleared. Least, but, but like, Campbell has a long contract. I get that one. Uh, Ranta is like at the end of his career, but it's like Samsonov was like a pretty good goalie last year. And I get how many teams, how many teams around the league have three and a half million in cap space. Yeah. Good point. Great. And then how many of those teams have like, say a young goalie that they don't want to put on waivers or, I mean, the problem with Kerry, if you ask any, any goalie that's played at a high level, like ask, if you ask noodles or. Or, or Mike McKenna or one of the, there's lots of goalies in the media. Um, Kelly Rudy, goalies hate having three goalies. Like they, they want to play, and and the bigger problem, like you've seen it before, when the they've had three goalies. Like, what do you do at practice, right? Like, there's only two nets. Yeah, you rotate the backup. But I'm I'm sure if you ask Mar- like Martin Jones was barely playing for the Marlies. I'm sure if you asked him, would you rather be our third goalie or would you rather just go to the Marlies and barely play? Like, there's not even a question. He'd rather stay in the NHL. Anyway, I think the good news with a guy like Martin Jones, he's 34 years old. He's been in the league for so long. Like he. You can do whatever with him, and he's going to be fine. Like it, he's already proven that it, it's not going to rattle him. Yeah. If right. anything, he he probably played better. He had something to prove. I'm just looking at the teams that have cap space. Like the teams that have cap space: Chicago, Nashville, Anaheim, Buffalo, Columbus, Arizona. Uh, I mean, that's about none it. of the teams you mentioned need a goalie. No, well, the, a bunch of them are carrying three. Yeah. Columbus, Buffalo's had three. Nashville's been, you know, playing the the Askarov kid. All right, we need to take a break, James. Uh, Let's come back, take some questions, and one more buy or sell. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Before we get to some questions, last buy or sell, I, I'm eliminating one because we don't have time. We want to get to more questions. Sorry, I went on way too long. About the no, goalie. it's okay. It was interesting. Like, I think it's something I think you should write about the third goalie thing because it's a thing. Um, buy or sell, Nick Robertson has found it. Like, this is happening for him now. He's not going to be scratched. He's in the lineup now. He doesn't have to worry. I think we should change the name of this game to small sample size overreaction. Oh, game. yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's the name of the game, small sample size overreaction. Yeah. Um, I just like, I think I think with Robertson, everyone wants it to be decided when he has a couple good games. Remember last year, he's, he, he scores that goal in overtime and they beat Dallas? I do, yeah. I think Matthew set him up and it was a beautiful goal. And it's like, whoa, like yep. that's probably still his career highlight in the NHL anyway. And everyone was like, oh, Nick Robertson's arrived. Can't send it back down now. You know, and then I think he got hurt not long after that, right? So, like, still, you know, he just turned 22 in September. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 he's a kid. And I kind of think Nick Robertson, what he's going to top out as is a potentially a good third-line player that can chip in some offense. He's still got a lot of room to go on the defensive side and you can see some games it looks like he's figured it out and some games it looks like he hasn't but I think that the Leafs should keep him and they need his next contract he's not going to cost anything they need cheap offensive depth with what they're paying the big guys so I would I would I, there's a lot of talk about him getting moved at the deadline for one I don't think another team's going to give up a lot for him and for two you still don't know what he is yeah, I think that's all right. Like he has played sixty NHL games. Um, I think if you look this year, he's scoring at like a twenty goal pace for eighty two games. Um, but to your point, so he plays. He has that game against Winnipeg. Obviously, plays seventeen minutes, season high. Then on the weekend in Winnipeg, eleven forty eight. You know what I mean? Like and and not as not as dynamic, not as noticeable. Like he was really going in that first Winnipeg game. And, and Sheldon Keefe rightly moved him up and played him higher, played him with Tavares, played him obviously in overtime, which is something like, well, I don't think he hey, ever does. Let me, this yeah. is related. What 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 do you think they're going to do? Yarncroft's out for, what's he out, four or five weeks? Three or four. Um, what, what do you think they do? Like, who moves up? Well, I mean, it was Pontus Holmberg, and I kind of think that that is the right move. They don't, who, like, they don't have a lot of options. You can move up Noah Gregor, but like, Pontus mm-hmm. Holmberg doesn't fit as much with Kampf and Reeves. I mean, you could, Reeves, Nyes, you could move up Nyes. You could move up Robertson. Nyes is playing on the top line. There's no moving up. I'm just thinking about like the potential. They're, they're, that's the thing. Like their their lines right now are like I don't know that they're going to change. Nyes, Matthews, Marner, Bertuzzi, Tavares, Nealander, Robertson, Domi, who? Gregor, Bobby McMahon. Like Bobby McMahon will come back. That was very, very, very lucky for them that he had been actually dealing with something. Like I don't. It wasn't like a fabrication, like it kind of seemed because like he had literally, they had talked about it. Like he's hurt. We want to kind of try to manage this, but right at the moment they needed something to give. They just put him on IR. Obviously yeah. that helps. And then Yarncroft gets hurt at practice. So it doesn't matter. They probably have like, well, cause everyone was talking about, they had, you didn't, you didn't preface this. Everyone was talking about, they were going to have to waive somebody, right? Right. They're yes, going to have to right. put someone on waivers. Yes. Um, You know, with, with Reeves back and, Everything lining up the way it was, so they're they're out of roster spots, right? So when Wool is healthy, they're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to lose something. Well, 
no, I think they're under now with uh, Yarncroft, right? Because Reeves took McMahon's spot, right? And then okay. Yarncroft is now not filled. Okay. They're, so they're not at a 23-player roster then? No, but like Bobby McMahon will come back after the All-Star right. break, presumably, and there you're at the limit. So then you have to do something once Wall comes back. But like, who knows? Someone else could get hurt. Um, do you want to get to questions now? Yes, I do. Good. The first question is, what's wrong with William Nylander? Here's the question. Pony Boy wants to know, Nylander's play is dropping off significantly since he signed the contract. How concerned are you for how he shows up the rest of the season? And then the first comment in response from Sam is, and for the rest of the contract. I don't think they should have signed the contract when they did, Jonas. Wow, that this is a little bit of like, did you say this at the time or is this like a... Well, I don't think... I said that I thought the contract was too much. I mean, so, I, wait, I also so, said that his on-ice shooting percentage was one of the highest in the league. Yes. I mean, I used to have like a, a rule I would say to myself that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't sign players in the middle of the season in, in some ways just because you're reacting to the way the season is going. Like it's an emotional thing. I, I remember I had this uh, like revelation. I remember like after they signed, God, this is so long ago after they signed John Michael Lyles, because he had had a, like a first, I think he had a good start to the year and then they signed him if I'm remembering this right. And then like he dipped and it was like, Oh boy, they shouldn't have signed him. And it's just like when you react to the the season, like you're like, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of just, it's emotional as much as anything, but what are you going to do? You're going to walk Willie, Willie Nealander to, to free agency. I don't know that that's tenable either. Well, he was right at the absolute peak of where he'll ever be in terms of point production. Like he was yeah. on pace for 122 points and those numbers were pretty heavily inflated. And you look at the, t it's been 10 games since he signed the contract. I looked this up I have it in and front everyth of me. everything's come back down. So the and last 10 games, two goals, five assists, seven points, 34 shots on net shooting 5.4%. Yeah, but not just that, but like the scoring chances are down and Oh, he looks shots, he doesn't shots, look shots on sure. goal. Or, yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. Yeah. So I, I I'm not I just yeah, I think what my point at the time was he was not gonna get more than this in free agency. So what was the benefit of doing it right when he was at right at the absolute peak of where he was gonna be? Well, I guess you're you're playing chicken a little bit, right? You're like, okay, no, nah, we're we're not gonna do it now. And then maybe his camp says to you, okay, cool. We'll, we'll just go to free agency, see what happens. And now maybe they, that you're probably right. They don't get as much. They can't get as much. They can't get eight years, but maybe they just leave. And then what? Like, then like, great. You've won this, like you've, you've shown your tough and like you, you didn't buckle when things were at their apex, but you lose the player. You know what I mean? Like, so it's nice. Like you can be like tough guy, but then like the player walks away. So what do you do? I know, but. Maybe well, you wait till he kind of comes back down to earth a little bit. Yes. 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 Yeah. He comes back down a little bit. The offers in free agency. Well, do you think James, like I'm just, look, I don't look know. A little this, bit different. Look what happened to Bradtree living in Calgary where Johnny Goudreau never slowed down. <laughs> he had 115 points. He finished, I think he was tied for second in the league in scoring. And then he just left. 
You know what that I mean? Like, so, because they, they thought he was staying. Like they, they seemed to have every indication he was going to stay up until the last minute there. I mean, again, like how much do you think he was overpaid by a million? Gaudreau? No, no, no. Neilander, a season. Like, do you think he should have got 10.5? Like, I know, but the problem is, Jonas, is that like they've done this with all the big guys. And like, right, if, yeah. like if you do it again and again and again, I mean, Math- Matthews is fine. If you're going to score 70 goals, you can make. Well, you just better damn well not overpay other guys. Like guys who like you just shouldn't. You can't overpay Ryan Reeves. You can't overpay. No, but but this year, Jonas Tavares is way overpaid. Brody's overpaid wow, yeah. this year. Samsonov's overpaid. You're like, right. You're right. Camp not, is overpaid. Yeah, Camp, there's a lot of overpaid. Which is like if you go back two, three years ago and they didn't have that issue. Yeah, you're right. No, it's a fair point. It just means you, you have to be even better. And they had they didn't have a good offseason. Like, and so that kind of bites you. Their their next offseason is just like massive. And they have so many holes to fill. Not so many holes, but they have significant holes to fill. And it's like, well, how are you gonna do it? Some of the questions are and comments are just fighting about the last GM and the current GM. And so I think we're going to skip some of that. We can save some of that for the off season. Yeah. Uh, James B has a question, fellow James. He says in the past three or four seasons, there have been points where I carefully convinced myself that a cup isn't out of the question, especially after the trade deadline last year, when they, they added all those pieces and everything. I haven't had that feeling once this year. Does that mean this is the year? (laughs) (laughs) I've kind of had that thought in the back of my mind. Like, it'd be so funny if everyone gives up on this team and is frustrated and just thinks they should throw in the towel and it's never going to happen and blow it up. And then maybe Dude, they'll go on a, lo- a little run that no one is, no one's expecting. That happens in sports all the time. It literally is happening right now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, for months, I know you don't really follow the NFL, but for months, it's like, what's wrong with the Chiefs? This is not their year. They nope. Their offense isn't good. Patrick Holmes, like, has no one to throw to. And then it's like they get to the play. Now, the Chiefs have won before. They've gone to the, the Super Bowl multiple times. They've gone to the AFC Championship. They're not the Leafs, obviously. So that's a little bit different. But well, you know how, you know how yeah. little I follow the NFL, Jonas? Guess what I was watching last night? Oh, my God. You weren't watching the games? Oh, God. I was watching Columbus. Oh, my God. I have Seattle. Seattle. I taped that game. Oh you, God. Why did you tape it? Just for trade deadline stuff. Just to... I well, I had a bunch of players in my pool. It's the last day of the week. I got, I played hockey last night, got home. That was the only game on. I was like, all right, Jordan Eberle, huge game. I ended up winning my week in the pool. I was happy. That's pretty despicable, though. I saw, well, the, the guys on my team were so into it. They're like, we're watching the game, like on the bench during their beer league game. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, those were two amazing games. But anyway, yeah, just when you don't think it's the year, like it can just be the year. Just I don't think I can name a player from either team that played in that game. That's not true. I I think it's true. Oh no, <laughs> you don't know anyone on the Detroit Lions. But I can. But I can tell you. I can tell you what the Krakens, both their power play units are. Wow. <laughs> Tough look for you. <laughs> it's just. It is what that's it is. Fine. I mean, you that's, don't like it. You don't like that's, it. It's fine. That's what they. That's why they call me managing editor NHL. Yeah. They, they would, they, there's no other sport attached to it. Someone from another group sends you a note. James, what do you think of the games last night? Oh, you mean Columbus, Seattle? Yeah, great game. <laughs> I sent. I had a group chat chat with some of my friends, and I I said, "Oh, this is a good game." And I sent them the picture of the Columbus Kraken, and they they almost couldn't believe it that that's what I was watching. The Raptors were playing the Hawks, and I was thinking to myself, like, who is what? Like, I flipped over a couple times, but it's like, who is watching this game? <laughs> 
Love to see the ratings side by side. Yeah, I, I just, I, can't, I, have a hard, I find a hard time fitting the NFL in with, I never got into it when I was young and it wasn't that big in where I grew up and it overlaps with the NHL season. And I just, I don't know. The weekends I'm like playing hockey or doing something with the kids. It's just, I just don't know when I would watch football. All right, we have another James. We had James B on the last question. This one is James C. James C wants to know, regarding the cap crunch, why are people pricing in a big pay increase for Marner? He isn't earning 10.9 this year. He has showed he isn't built to play effectively in the playoffs. Only in Toronto is a raise assumed. When was the last time you saw a star player take less? Yeah, I mean, not taking less. It just doesn't. I I think you'd have to trade him or move or not sign him if you, you know, like I I don't. He's not. You don't want to pay him. You're right. Yeah, you can trade him. He's not going to stay. He's not going to. Well, you can like go to him and say, we want to trade you. Where do you want to go? Right. That's the only thing you can do. So. Yeah, he's, but a, I, he's I not mean, coming back a, in Toronto. Like the Toronto, Toronto can't say eight years, ten million. He's not. He's not going to come back. He's not going to come back. Yeah, he'll just leave. I mean, yeah. Let's see. Let's see how things go. Let's see if like these playoffs are different for him. Let's see. Like that's literally the bet that they made in bringing all these guys back was like it's going to be different in the next playoffs. We'll see. Uh, Johnny wants to know why does management think that between Marner and Nylander, Nylander is the one most suited to convert to center. It would seem that with Marner's defensive abilities and occasional play as a center and junior, he'd be the more obvious choice. Marner also seems to believe he should be paid like a top of the league superstar. Wouldn't learning to play a more valuable position, make his next pay increase more palatable. Everyone's talking about the Marner pay increase. They, they win two <laughs> games against Winnipeg. And these are the questions that we get. I guess, I guess this is our audience is that they want to talk about cap hits for guys that aren't up for a year and a half. I, I don't know why they haven't tried Marner at center. I, think I they should tell you, I, I mean, I, I asked Kyle Dubas two summers ago. It would have been two summers ago. Yeah. Two summers ago. And his response was, well, he's been the top right winger in hockey for two seasons in a row. Basically. I'm paraphrasing, but I think he could do it. I don't He was a center coming up. I'm with you. Yeah, but that's like and that's a change you need to decide on in the off season. And I clearly, they decided is, to make the change with William Nealander and then punted on it after a game. So this is going back a little bit, but I know that it's something that I know that it's something in the Leafs have talked about. They like it, it's not like it, it hasn't been something they haven't thought about. Well, so James, I wonder, can, I, can I ask you? Like I wrote about this a couple weeks ago, and I was peppering you your thoughts. Would you try Neander again at center coming out of the All Star break or in the second half? Or are you just like Keith hates it? Not even a thought. I think I'd try it. Like, what's the downside? Like, unless you think you can get another center, which they could, and there's not a lot of centers available. Well, I don't know if you try it now. I mean, you're like 50 games into the season. I mean, it would almost be better. I think you try it if Matthews or Tavares is hurt. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I think you got to try it in like training camp or early in a year. Well, that's what they did, and then they <laughs> got no, away I mean, with it. I mean, with Marner, though. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shane says, "Isn't isn't the stuff the Tavares stuff overblown?" No. He, yes, there are some concerns with his age. The Leafs are still getting fifty five percent of the expected goals, fifty seven percent of the high danger chance, chances when he's on the ice. 
He's got a career low on a shooting percentage. I get that there's probably some decline occurring, but don't those numbers suggest the Leafs are still coming out ahead territorially when he's on the ice? But the but the, like he's part of like the power plays declining. He has gone twenty two straight games, I believe, now without a five on five goal. He has one five on five goal, I believe, in the last thirty one games. He's the seventh highest paid player in the league. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like it just doesn't. And that line, like until last game, was not the possession juggernaut it had been. Part of that is the owner, but like you, if you have an eleven million dollar center, like you shouldn't. It shouldn't just be on Neilander to pull the line, right? Well, and it shouldn't just be. It's not just about expected goals. I mean, some of it is he's been snake bitten, but some of it too is I think that he's forcing some of those. Some of the chances that he's getting are not as good as they've been in years past. Yeah, the break should help him, like right, like. His legs, obviously, like he just doesn't well, look as like. As I think even in the air, even having the week where there's only the two games against Winnipeg, he looked a lot better. Yeah, he looked fresher for sure. I mean, and even if you look like you can look at expected goals, like they're getting now. I mean, this has happened a few years in a row. Like they're getting outscored now when he's on the ice at five on five. Like it's anyway. Like it is. It's a. It's a significant thing. Like he's. They need him to be very good, and he's not there right now. Curtis says, I firmly believe the Leafs need to add defense who are along the same development curve as the core three forwards, add more guys under 30 with term. Seems like a better plan than adding a 34-year-old Tanev and extending him with someone like Hannafin available or maybe Chikrin. There's lots of talk about Chikrin in Ottawa lately, and he's had a pretty decent season there. I get the question is, does he want to stay, I guess? Uh, Curtis says those would be the type of guys I would be looking to add. I mean, yeah, but you're going to have to give up. I mean, the the thing with Tanev is you don't have to give up. You probably don't have to give up that much to get him. Whereas if you're trading for Hannafin, you got to you got to start putting some prime assets on the table, and you're going to have to pay him. I mean, I think Hannafin's next contract is going to be. He's probably going to get seven million. Yeah, and I'm not sure that he's worth that. I'm not he's sure good, you're right but... about Tanev, though. I, like he's the kind of guy that teams will pay overpay for. Like he is Ben Chirot again, no, and and not. Uh, be, he's better, obviously, than Ben Chirot. But like, you think a team's going to give up a first round pick for Tanev? I could see it. You like, I don't think it's impossible. The only reason I think it could happen is that there are so few good defensemen available. Like this, I was talking to Chris Johnston, and he was he was saying like just how bad the trade deadline class looks like it's going to be like, there's just not a lot of. So if you miss on Tanev, then, then who are you looking at? I, I do think the point though, like if you could find, and you've made this point too, like if you, you can find someone with term, at least you're helping yourself for later. And yeah, maybe you do have to spend an asset, but at least, at least you're spending an asset that's helping you for multiple years instead of just well, like year. McCabe. Like that's, that's the, I mean, say what you want about McCabe, but you get him for two years at half price. Three like, years, like he has another two well, more years after this, doesn't he? I mean, they didn't get they didn't get him for no. They, he had he had two years after they they acquired him last year, and then he had two more years. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so you get him for two years in a bit, the bit of last year, but you know. But basically, you're getting three playoff runs out of him. Yeah, as opposed to one. I mean, if you can find another situation like that it's just it's it's hard to do i also do agree with and i mean we talked about this a long time ago when we talked about tanov like 
the age and the injury stuff would scare me a little bit about re-signing him. Like we're we're watching, we have all these examples of it just stops. Like you just stop being effective in the way that you were before when you get into this kind of age bracket. And he's 34, I believe. Like mm-hmm. I don't he's, know. Had, he's had so many injuries too. Right. I remember when when Tanev went to Calgary, there was talk about Yes, he's, I mean in in Vancouver they were like, well, he's had so many injuries. He's on the downswing. Now's a good time to move off of him. And then he played really well in Calgary. But and he's barely been was, hurt. Like he's been hurt a little bit this year, but like he hasn't been hurt a ton in Calgary. What did he sign in Calgary? Four years. Yeah. So like four years ago, they were saying he's old and on the decline, and the injuries are adding up. Yeah. So if you're, I don't know, like with with all of the age related decline on this team. They got to be careful about trading for Tanev with the idea that he's staying, that he's resigning. Because what does that contract look like? If it's a sweetheart deal, then absolutely. But you know, if he wants another four-year deal, then I think you keep looking. Yeah. Uh, Paul wants to know. This is probably a good question for you. But Paul asks: uh, In recent seasons, it seemed like the Leafs prioritized puck possession. It was rare that they would dump the puck for a line change or do a dump and chase. Now it seems like they almost exclusively do that. But they almost never end up retrieving the puck. Am I correct in this observation? And if so, why the switch? Was this Trey Living's idea? Is Keith trying new things? What do you what do you see, Jonas? And what have you heard around the team about kind of some of the, like the system play and what they've changed from years past? This has not come up a bunch. I've noticed a little bit. I, I wonder if it's tied to personnel. I, I it's it's just well, not certainly when that up. when that camp lines out there. That's that's what you notice them do a lot. Well, and look I, at their, their D as well, right? Like th- yeah. they're not moving the puck as effectively from your D. Like that's the other thing. Like I've been thinking a lot about. Like, yeah, you can add Tanev, but remember what the problem was in that Florida series? They couldn't move the puck. Their breakout. I mean, the they Tampa series. Remember, yeah. remember how yeah. bad? Remember the first? I remember the story I wrote after four or five games in the Tampa series was like, why are the Leafs playing so bad? I think they had taken the series to was a series two two. I think. But but they were lucky it was two two because they had really struggled and they had really struggled on the breakout and then yeah. it ended up killing them in that Florida series like they just well, and James not, like that's, the Leafs are not a fast team right now no and that's one of the things like looking ahead to the playoffs like Benoit has had a nice year that would terrify me in a playoff series like him moving the puck is is not a clean thing and it's like well well you want to play that's why you want to play him with Brody or Logan or like someone who's on a third pair is going to be trustworthy yeah and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds DirecTV has the most MLB games visit DirecTV.com claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package high speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Here's a question that a lot of people are voting up. It says, what the hell happened to the Shanna plan? Was the Shanna plan to overpay and pray? And a lot of fans are checked out on this team. It's... It's going to be very interesting to see what they do at the deadline and if it if it works, if it if it makes a difference or not. I mean, I, I'm actually fascinated now. They win those those games against Winnipeg. I'm fascinated to see the next month of the season because it's going to inform probably how aggressive they should be at the deadline. How many games do they have before before the deadline? Like fifteen? Yeah, it's like a month and change, just over a month. So if they lose 10 of 15, you're probably feeling a lot different about your team. I mean, they're probably battling just to get into the playoffs. But if they win 10 of 15, you you know you're almost certainly going to make the playoffs. And you can probably be a little bit more aggressive at the deadline. And just your team's playing better. And well, presumably, and, yeah. you know, some of those some of the players who have struggled look better. Well, and they, they should like I mean, Bradshaw Living should know the team a lot better than he did before. Like that was one of the screw-ups of how they handled everything leading up to that is like they put their they hired a new gm who literally didn't know anything about the team like they hired him a month before free agency like he knew obviously as an outside observer competitor but like yeah but jonas they have like the whole uh, the whole rest of the staff stayed the same basically yeah but look how he diagnosed what they needed it was all wrong yeah well he had he had the president's help who had been been here for a decade who knew what the team needed fair Fair, There's point. no way that they make those moves without. I mean, Shanahan's on the hot seat. There's been all this talk about all this talk about Sheldon Keefe on the hot seat. Like it goes way higher than that. Yeah. Well, we'll see how the playoffs go again. Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, another question: Is it time to try Ryan Reeves with Matthews and Marner? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> is there like an emoji attached to that question or it has like a backslash with an s on it which i think means sarcasm it does yeah right, that's the hip lingo with the children that i remember learned. when they tried uh matt martin with with matthews and marner i mean matt martin's a better player than ryan reese how, how long how long did that last like it was a couple games not even a couple games i mean i we should talk about that a little bit what do you think happens here now with How Ryan about playing him on that line? No, <laughs> there's no name attached to that question. They they uh, it's just anonymous. They just wanted to throw a bomb in here. Yeah, like I put up the the call for questions four hours ago. We have 130, and that's one of the ones that people are voting up that they want us to answer. Um, I mean, if you would have asked me before the Winnipeg games, I would have said. They would waive Ryan Reeves. And I think that if it comes to the deadline and they need the cap space, let's put it to you this way. If if they have to decide between keeping Ryan Reeves or keeping the third goalie, I keep the third goalie and I waive Ryan Reeves, he's going to clear. Yes. I mean, you'd kind of be okay with him not clearing if someone just took him off your hands. With the but, the thing with, 
I mean, they did it with Simmons, Wayne Simmons last year, right? Like he goes yep. on waiver. Like Reeves doesn't even have to go play for the Marlies. He can just like go practice and if they have an injury, then he comes back up again. Yeah. They're probably going to have to waive. If, if they are get aggressive at the deadline and they want to use, they can have up to, they can have a lot of cap space to play with at the deadline, but they're going to have to waive a bunch of guys. They're probably going to have to waive Legison, McMahon, uh, Reeves, potentially Jones. Who am I forgetting? Like they'd have Timmons? to wave. They'd have to wave a whole bunch. Yeah, Timmons. Yeah, exactly. They'd have to wave a whole bunch of to get to like the maximum cap space. I need to write. I'm going to write about this after the All Star. I've been working on this story. I need to get it out there into the world. But they can create a ton of cap space by waving a whole bunch of people. I just don't like. I mean, we'll see what happens after the All Star break. Like Bobby McMahon will come back. He should play if he dips a little bit. Like I could see Keith mixing in Reeves the odd time, but like. I just don't think they're better off playing him. I think like that it's pretty clear, especially playing every other night. He's not going to be like, there's 0% chance you can play him now in the playoffs. Like he, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say 0%, but should he be in their playoff lineup? No. So like, what, where are you going here? Well, and I think you want to take some looks at your depth forwards because you're going to have to make some hard decisions on. Right. You're going to have to some them. Well, like Colbert yeah. doesn't need waivers, but like you want to see, like give him like a long run and see what he yeah. is. Like he is clearly a more helpful part by a lot than Ryan Reeves. Like it's not even debatable. Yeah. 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 So the question, the question, you, you have some questions to answer about some of those depth. Like to me, Gregor has really, yeah, he's taken a step back. He hasn't been giving them a lot lately. Yeah. And that, that camp Gregor combination isn't really working. If you like the underlying numbers are brutal for them. So yeah. like I would look to like try and change something up there. You're just so limited in what you can do is the problem. But they've right? got like, this month with yarn crock out where before the deadline, they got to like see what they've got and see what they can see what they can trust as Keith said and see what they can't. I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to uh, say like you could, I don't think they'll do this just because like that ship seems to have sailed, but like you could, if you wanted to move camp up as your third center playing with Domi and Robertson, like, but that he doesn't really fit with those type of players, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what you can do. Like you're just so limited with these parts don't really make sense. All right. Michael wants to know, he says, complete this sentence. The Leafs would receive the biggest boost. If insert player name here would play to their full potential. Probably Brody, I guess. You get Brody back of two years ago. I don't know if that's possible. Marner? He's he's already he's starting to get yeah, there. He's been cooking a little bit. Tavares? I mean you could pick a you could pick Samsonov, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Tavares. Yeah. Yeah, but like even like I just don't know what other gear is there now. I think I think they need the blue line to get they need Brody to get back to where he where he was. I don't even know if that's possible, but I mean, Brody was p- decent last year until the playoffs, is my recollection. Yeah, you're right. And then the the Brody McCabe thing didn't work. They had a lot of trouble moving pucks. McCabe looked overwhelmed. Remember, it was his first postseason. Mm. He looked like it was too much. They were asking him to play really hard minutes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is they've really just stuck with the Riley Brody pair the whole year, and I get it. Like they basically said, this is our one reliable pair. Let's keep this one intact. Would you try something else like after the break? Like, do you try Riley Lilgren? Do you try Riley McCabe? Do you, 
I don't know. Do you but look they, at some different things? Like they can't really afford, unlike past years, to experiment because they can't lose. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't think McCabe on his right side with Riley would be successful from from the limited looks we've had of that. And Lilgren also doesn't necessarily look like he's ready to move up. No. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about are there any young defensemen they could go in and get. One of the questions is from Stewart, and he's saying he likes how Vancouver went and got Hironic from Detroit. I mean, that's worked out really well for them. Um, Didn't they give him a first-round pick for that? I believe yeah, so, yeah. He, at least he's young. I think he only had another year left on his contract. He yeah. mentioned some young defensemen like Broberg and Edmonton, uh, Jirasek. It just got sent down to the minors by Columbus. The problem is, I think the timeline for some of those guys—they're not going to be. Yeah, like the, they're those not guys gonna be ready to chill. Yeah, they're not going to be able to contribute in your top four. I mean, Heronic's a top pair D. That's the difference there. Mike wants to know are the Leafs good or bad? I can't tell. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> well, they're they're eleventh right now in the standings, and that's what they are right now. I mean, they sh- I think they should be a little bit better than that. I think coming into the year, we thought they'd be, you know, seventh or eighth best team, and they're they're shy of that. There should be more in there than what they've got. I think you and I were doing like one of our chats and we were saying like around 105 points and they're yeah, on pace for a bit less than that. Yeah, I think that that's right. It's tough. Like when your third highest, no, not your third, your second highest paid player takes a major step back. Your third highest paid player doesn't have a great first half. Your biggest offseason free agent signing doesn't contribute tangibly for a long time. Your second biggest free agent signing doesn't play at all. Your number one goaltender goes on waivers at some point. Like a lot of these things like add up. Your you know what I mean? Like your your second yeah. best defenseman coming to the season takes a step back. Your reliable defenseman last year until the playoffs takes okay, a step okay. back. But People yeah. are depressed enough, Jonas. Like they beat Winnipeg twice. Yes, Everything the season is fine. the season is, is see, <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> All right, let's go. I got I got one. Oh, there's two here. All right, Justin wants to know what's one take you had this year that aged poorly. One take. Hmm. <laughs> I, huh? I'm trying to think. I can't be. I wasn't right about everything. That's for sure. I mean, I I. I know you said you didn't think Samsonov would be back, but I, that's, I mean, he certainly didn't look like he was going to be back. I mean, they thought he wouldn't. Well, no, they they sent him to the goalie whisperer with the Marlies. Yeah. But I I do think we underrate the point when you put a guy on waivers, you're basically saying we're cool. If someone else takes him, like obviously, you know, they knew he wasn't going to get taken though. Right. But sometimes it's like an emotional. Yes. You know, hit to a, a player to be on waivers. I'm trying to think of a take I had that age. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say one. I don't think I was wrong, but I was skeptical of, of Joseph wall. And I think rightly so because he had barely played. And I think I thought the, the conversation around him was so presumptive based on him playing like 10 games. Both of these but, things come back to what I always say, Jonas, which is don't try and predict goalies. Cause it's just, it's impossible. Well, and we'll see. We'll see. He's still not played a ton of games. He's, been hurt. We'll see. Yeah, but look how good he is on piano. He can't be a bad goal. <laughs> uh, the, the last one here uh, for us today, Alex wants to know, do you think that the wins last week saved Sheldon Keith's job, or was the temperature among the fans and some people in the media 
higher than it was in the front office. I don't think he was going to get fired if they lost both those Winnipeg games. I don't, I don't think so. Do you think it could still happen this year? I, I, honestly, I have trouble trying to predict these things because stuff happens in hockey all the time where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Like, I just saw in the NBA, like, the Bucks coach got fired, which wasn't like that surprising, but like stuff happens. Like if they had lost both those games and like they came to the break and they were like, they need, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, the other thing is you look around the league and there's other teams that have changed coaches like Vancouver That's and Edmonton. Great and having point, big, exactly. big, big years. And you can see why people are pointing to that. Well, and they might've said to themselves, like we, we can't fix everything on the roster. We can try this. Yeah. And take some yeah. heat off us. I tell you though, I've been watching the Islanders a little bit under Patrick Waugh and they're they're kind of just interesting and in seeing what he's trying to do. And I just don't think he has the horses there to do it. And they've only won one of his first four games and pushing the button doesn't always work. Is Lou lot not doing a good job or well, the good news is they've got everyone signed for another eight years. So they <laughs> you know, it didn't work this year, but they can just run it back for eight more years. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh James. Wait, that's, not, that's not actually a good thing. No, I got to do the the backslash s. After yeah, so saying people that. know you're kidding. <laughs> uh, so we will talk next week. The Leafs are back on Monday against the Islanders, and they play Dallas on Wednesday. Uh, so I think we'll, we haven't talked about this, but probably Thursday, maybe. Um, yeah, enjoy the All Star game. Enjoy the All Star week. You too, Jonas. You get to go. I'm jealous. Yeah, so excited. You want to go? You can have my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've seen enough All-Star games. To, I, I'm well uh, satiated with the uh, all the All-Star festivities. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks to Punch. Thank you, James. Thank you to everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>